0: Please visit gurusing.com. Bless you. Hmm, Satnam. Sat every moment is new. Every moment has never been before. And every moment will never be again. And every moment exists forever. So it's a dichotomy. When Yogi Bhajan was asked, What should you do about confusion? He said, If you find out, let me know. Because I'm always confused, he said. I'm always new. It's always new. And if you're growing consistently, then that's the way it is. It's always new. Because growth reaches into the unknown and sits with it until it's known. And once it's known, it's done. It's time to reach into the new unknown. And that's what the spiritual path is about. The spiritual path is about reaching consistently into the unknown, enable its, enabling its knowledge, learning the lessons, receiving the messages, and then digesting them, and then reaching out into a new unknown. What normally happens around the age of 22, double the cycle of intelligence, double the cycle of mind. Now, seven is the cycle of consciousness, but it's also the cycle of the emotional body. 11 is the cycle of intelligence, which is the mental body. And 18 years is the cycle of the physical body. So double the cycle of the intelligence, the mental body, you're around 22 years old and what ends up happening is that you don't want to enter the new moments. You've done it through school, you've done it through your life for 22 years. You pretty much want to establish yourself as who you are at 22. And then when you double that at 44, you go, oh man, that was not what I was, you know. And all the decisions that you've made between 22 and 44 start to creep you out. (laughs) That's a Sanskrit word. And it's called midlife crisis, but it's not really the middle of your life. It's really the first quarter of your life but we've gotten used to thinking that life ends in the 80s and 90s, and so it's just become a psychological assumption, which is erroneous. But those of us who were stimulated beyond the age of 22, and anyone in here who's not yet 22, just, I'm talking to your future. (laughs) But those of us that are continuously stimulated we, we don't we don't like the sensation of stagnation we don't like that sensation of everything being the same and the same and the same and the same you know we have a real hard time you know showing up to something you know that doesn't really ignite our possibilities if it just if it just uses our mechanics whether they're mental mechanics or an emotional mechanics or a physical mechanics, depending upon the type of job that you might have, after a while, it's just like, yikes, this is so creepy, you know? And so we continuously want to learn, we continuously want to learn, and in that, in that quest of wanting to learn, you drive down Robertson, or up. And when you pass this building, your head goes f- for n- unknown reasons. And you see these weird people eating lunch sitting on the sidewalk. <laughs> Seriously, you look strange. <laughs> but unbeknownst to you, because you're not witnessing yourself, you're just in yourself, you know? It's like. And they go, well, that looks weird, but they look like they're having a fulfillment in that moment. I wonder what that is. I have literally over these decades and decades, hundreds of people have come up to me and said, you know, I was just driving down Robertson. <laughs> and I had to stop and find out what the heck is that? You saw that I had to search for that word you know (laughs) heck (laughs) what is that and so they come in you know and they they come in and they come into this room like y'all did (laughs) y'all did what 10 months ago and in that first month we could control you (laughs) But it didn't take you long until you were beyond our control. <laughs> and that's when, you know, Sade Beer Singh and the others and myself, you know, we look at each other, car and the others and myself, we look at each other and we go, it's working. <laughs> we can't control them anymore. And that's what, that's what he was most enamored by when we built the school in India in 1997, you know, we had been sort of traipsing around to other people's schools for a while, and we finally built our own school, and the principal of the school was an ex-marine, and and this ex-marine didn't like disobedience. Well, let me put it to you this way. When you send kids to Amritsar, India, from all over the world, there's no way that you're gonna get them all to obey anything, because they're over there, you know, and you know, you've already sent them 10,000 miles away, and they're going, wow, I'm on my own. You know, I've got to do what I've got to do. And so he started constructing these two uh, cubicles out of uh, cement blocks. And I arrived there, and I see the construction going on, and I ask, I ask him, I say, so what's that, Those storage room? And he says, yes. (laughs) And I said, what for? And he said, for the children that are disobeying me. (laughs) And I said, are you sure about this? And he said, yeah. He said, I've got to do it. So I go, and this is in the late 90s, right? So there's no cell phone. So I go to the landline, and I call Yogi Bhajan, and I say, sir, I said, he's building <laughs> jail cells. <laughs> and Yogi Bhajan says, for what? And I said, for disobedient children. And he said, but those are my favorites. (laughs) Those are the ones that are not going to get caught by normalcy. So tell, we called him Commandant. (laughs) Kind of gives you an idea of what he liked. Bless him. But, so I went back to Commandant and I said, okay, um, we'll use it for <clears throat> storing, uh, you know, bulk foods. He said, what? I said, yeah, I just talked to Yogi Bhajan and he says that the disobedient kids are his favorites. And Commandant said, okay, I can see that my time here has a, has a shelf life on it, you know. And I said, okay. So we looked around and we found another principal. And um, it happened to have been Sada Anand. Is she here today? You know Sada Anand. Yeah. Okay. Well, she became our principal, and and the first thing and I found her in, here at Yoga West, and the first thing that Yogi Bhajan asked me was, "Is she tough? You know, can she take it? You know?" And so, yeah, she was our principal for six years. But the point of this is that. That disobedient person in you is the person that will seek new knowledge. Because normal is that you're good. You're good to be a slave just as you are. We can use you. Just don't don't look outside of that framework. We can use you. But that doesn't work for you. You're from so far into the future that it doesn't work when you're on a primitive planet, in a primitive time of the primitive planet, you're just going, why why is this the way it is? But as I was mentioning to you yesterday, it's the way it is, at best, at 87% of the world's population, is not going to comprehend you in any way whatsoever. 87% it's actually 86.7% of the world's population, is not going to comprehend you at all. There's a 10% beyond that that is intrigued by you but may not necessarily be able to follow with you. But that there is 3.3% of the world's population that are fully reachable and teachable and that in that moment that represents around 20 uh, 24, 23, 24,000, million, excuse me, 23, 24 million people that can, (laughs) there's one person listening in the room. (laughs) And those are the people, but then in addition to that, excuse me, um, that's the 3.3%, and then there's that then there is no that's the 0.3%. Excuse me. The 0.3% is the 23 to 24 million. The 3% is the 230 to 240 million. So that's the reachable and teachable. So it's like close to 300 million is the reachable and teachable. If you add the 10% to that, then you're close to a billion. You're about 8 or 900 million. And that is the stretch. But with this 23 million, 230 million, 250 million, with that, we can lift the world. And we have about 35 years of heavy lifting before it starts to become a momentous, a a mechanism of momentum. But we have to do the lifting. And think about the multiplications. Every single year, we graduate between 60 and 80 students in this location, 50 to 60 in Seattle, and then all over the world. The two, this is the largest teacher training in the world, Yoga West. <laughs> Seattle is the second largest teacher training in the world. And then there are all the other, the, the average size of a teacher training is around 30. And those are all over the world. There are thousands of them. And these people are being graduated every year. And going out into the world and spreading uh, technology that can enable those 230 to 250 million people to do that, drive down the Robertson of their town. And they get to the yoga center and they go like this. And they go, whoa, what is that? And that's the law of attraction. That's who you are. Just by being who you are, not by having to display anything of who you are, you are that attractive. Because you are the ones that recognize that every moment is a seed. And you are the ones that have the technology of turning on your sympathetic nervous system to observe the shell and then turning off your sympathetic and turning on your parasympathetic nervous system to recognize that within the shell, there is a lot of opportunity. The shell is protecting the opportunity. The opportunity is the life force of the seed. And the life force of any seed is infinity. Or perhaps we would say it's really transfinity because it's almost infinite. What tra- the definition of transfinity is that, it's, that it is infinitesimally smaller than infinity. Measurably, unmeasurably smaller than infinity. And that's what makes up the material construct. And that's what we come into every lifetime. We come into a lifetime, into the body, in order to discover what we have already known throughout our thousands and thousands of thousands of incarnation. But we are condemned to that birthing process, that birthing and dying process. We are condemned. That's not a that's not a, a bad word. It's just it's just a descript, descriptive word. We are condemned. We are assigned through that incarnate process to come through. But the whole time that we're assigned to that incarnate process, we have all the guidance we need, we have all the fuel we need, we have all everything that we need. We join together, we join together our physical body, our cosmic body into our body of time. Because the only thing that we actually own is time and time cannot be saved time must be spent in each moment you must spend the time in each moment and if you spend the time in each moment doing what you've done in every other moment <clears throat> then you're stagnating and that doesn't appeal to us that is not why we're here we know that's why we're that's we know that's not why we're here And therefore, when we're stuck in a situation where that's what's happening in our world, we become extremely frustrated. And that frustration is good because the frustration will cause us to break the shell of the seed of the moment, break out of that shell of the seed of the moment and experience the moment through our sympathetic nervous system, which is what is the value in the moment. What is the infinite nature of the moment? The seed is infinite. What is that? And then all of a sudden, the lights go on, and our lights go on, and we feel inspired. And in that inspiration, we move forward into, as I was saying yesterday, into desperation. Because that inspiration triggers us and it moves us suddenly forward into the unknown. And then, once again, our sympathetic nervous system turns back on because we're in the unknown. And the moment we're in the unknown, we feel a little bit of trepidation or a whole lot of fear. Somewhere in between those two moments, you're having that experience. Retranslate fear retranslate these sensations. Don't consider them in two-dimensional terms. Don't consider them good or bad. Consider them an experience. So when you experience massive fear, we all do. We all put ourselves out there. We are all sometimes in a space where we have absolutely zero idea (laughs) of what we're gonna do next. And that's when you need to call on that energy, however you relate to it. It could be a previous incarnation of your mineral form and it could be in the form of a mala. Yogi Bhajan relied heavily on that. And he would just finger that mala. Guru, Guru, why Guru, Guru, Ram Das, Guru, 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 Vai, Guru, Guru, Ram Das, Guru, Guru, Vai, guru, 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 Ram Das, Guru. Hmm. Or Guru, Guru, Wahi. Guru, hmm? And he would just keep that going because it's a little bit like the old cliche of, you know, whistling in the dark. Because what you're doing is you're doing something that gathers you to your center point, to your point of origin. You're doing something that gathers you to that point of Aung. You have adventured into om, and you're coming back to Aung. You would venture into Om, and you're coming back to Aung. And the Aung is that consistency of the one that you know deep inside yourself. The one that's always with you. Because there's a Guru Singh inside of this that I know that's been with me. I've known him since I was before talking. I've known him since before walking. You do too. There's a piece of the you in you that has never been altered, has not been altered by your parents, has not been altered by your school, has not been altered by your friends. It's that pure essence of you, the rasa, the rasayana, the satnam rasayana, that part of you that, that, never been altered, and that's what you go back to. So in the unfamiliar, in the confusing, in the growth mechanism, you come back to this. And that is what gives you the courage to move throughout your life. All the cells in your physical body are exchanged every how many years? How many years? The cycle of the physical body is? 18. 18. so a lot due by seven years. The deep core, bone, nerve, 18 years. There are a very few cells that live for your entire life inside your heart. And so when you go to that point, it's a heart point. The heart is the first organ that's created in the embryo, the first fully functioning organ that's created in the embryo. And it's the last organ that ceases functioning when you die. You can keep a person alive that's brain dead, but you can't ultimately keep a person alive that's heart dead. You could mechanically keep pumping the blood, but the cells would ultimately disintegrate. And so it's that heart center. That's why loving relationships are so vital. They're nourishing. They nourish you at that center point that is known to you and only you. You're the only one that knows the you and you and you. Down the levels and the levels and the levels. The you within the you, within the you, within the you, within the you. you. It's like the dream within the dream, within the dream, within the dream. Remember Inception? Hmm? That was just pure science. That wasn't science fiction, that was just pure science. How's the dream? How's the dream been of this this nine to 10 months of teacher training, all you? How's the dream been? Every once in a while it was a nightmare, wasn't it? (laughs) And then every once in a while you were sleepwalking, weren't you? Huh? Yeah. And then every once in a while you were cranky. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Like. How about at two hours and three minutes of the two and a half hours of long echoing car? <laughs> yeah. Every once in a while you reach you find your cranky self. Every moment is a seed. And if you only experience the moments through your sympathetic nervous system, all you experience are the shells of the seeds. And if all you experience are the shells of the seeds, what you experience is a very, very strict three-dimensional existence that's harsh, And after a few lifetimes of harsh, do you think you might be fitted with a desire for something different? And so the evolutionary process is very, very functional. You look out into this world, particularly the world that's being displayed in today's terms, because politics has become like a national sport. You know, it's always playing out. Hmm? It used to be just something that went on in the background. But it's really dividing people by belief systems. Religion is dividing people by belief systems. Gender is dividing people by belief systems. Sexual orientation is dividing people by belief systems. And these are very primitive divisions actually very barbaric divisions. And our, our world, our purpose is yoga, which means to un- unite. Our world is to see the divisions and then unsee them by also perceiving the solutions. And so the divisions are the shell or the husk of the seed and the solution is infinity of the seed the life force of the seed. So when you look down into moments, you've been gifted by his teachings, you've been gifted these technologies. And when you're in a moment, you have some technology that you can practice consistently so that when you come into a moment that has a significant amount of shell, but how many of you have ever had a walnut in the shell? I'm sure that everyone will raise their hand. Could I see a show of hands? I mean, either you lazy or lying because everybody has seen a walnut in a shell. What do you need? What do you need to get that walnut out of a shell? A nutcracker. I mean, this is like a pair of pliers, kind of in reverse. But you can also open it with a pair of pliers. You can also open it with a hammer. But it takes some force to open that, that seed that's inside there. How about a um, sunflower seed? Does it take tremendous force or is it a little easier? It's a little easier, isn't it? And so the seeds of the moments that we face are of all different varieties. And just because the seed of the moment is only showing you its rejection, because that's what the shell of a seed is trying to do. It's trying to reject you cracking it open. Because if you can crack it open, then you get the infinity from within it. And so if that infinity from within it is very protected. It's also very valuable in the source of nature. What is the only way that a redwood seed can germinate? A fire. And so some seeds germinate with the tattva, the element of water, Some seeds germinate with the element of air, like the dandelion, right, and all that, that floats on the air. Some seeds germinate from fire, from the tattva of fire. And all seeds ultimately need the element of earth. And so as you enter the moments, every moment is a seed. As you enter the moments, the moments in Sanskrit terms, a moment was called ha, um, a moment was called a nameshra, which is the blink of an eye. That's what is considered a moment, and a moment an eye can blink in one seventh of a second. That's the nature of a blink, and so if a moment is one seventh of a second. And every moment is a seed. There was 14 seeds. There's another 58 seeds, right? There's another. And every moment is a seed. Are you going to be deflected and dissuaded and rejected by the shells? Or are you going to sit in the seeds and germinate the infinity that's within them? And that is the difference between if you're being guided by your sympathetic nervous system or your parasympathetic. You must have the sympathetic nervous system. You must know the boundaries. Because without any sympathetic nervous system it's like being all inspiration which we talked about yesterday. It's like that balloon that's released with a lot of air in it. It just flies willy nilly. And that's why, in the midst of all of this going on, there can be so many scoundrels in spirituality. It's not because they are less than, it's because they have gotten so much inspiration that they're not operating with anything but the parasympathetic nervous system which knows no boundaries it doesn't see boundaries and that's why we were talking yesterday also about the inspiration and the desperation in other words if you are if you're thinking of crossing a boundary you should experience the future desperation shouldn't you If you're thinking of inappropriately crossing a boundary, your brain should go intuitively into the future and you should experience the desperation that that will create, correct? And then that causes you to withdraw into the moment, reconsider the moves, establish new and appropriate boundaries, whether they're physical boundaries, emotional boundaries or mental boundaries. Hmm? And then you can move forward. It's called navigation. It's called in sailing, being tack, it's tacking. And in human relations, it's called being tactful. Every moment is a seed. As you go forward from this time, as you go forward in your life, what I want you to do is I want you to gather the seeds. Have an appropriate amount of sympathetic and parasympathetic influence. And then have a daily practice that keeps you in touch and in tune with that. And then as you walk through the seeds of the moments of your life, determine which ones you're going to germinate. And by the way, if you germinate a lot of seeds, There's also good use for the shells. What is it we have all these pillows that are filled with what? Buckwheat what? Buckwheat hulls, right? The shell around the (laughs) buckwheat. And then you can (laughs) and you get it sitting right perfect. It's like sitting on sand. Yeah, that molds to you. Hmm? Congratulations, congratulations, congratulations on being you, on doing what you do, on achieving what you are to achieve. Because what you are to achieve in this world is from that core of you that only you know. And that core of you is in fact the perfect you. It's the you that you face in the moment of death. (laughs) Pops out of you and stands there in front of you. And the distance between the you that you've agreed that you are, and the you that you are actually, is called the karmic debt. And if in that moment you can forgive the distance you're liberated. Or if in the moment there is no distance, you're liberated. But if in the moment you feel guilty about the distance between what you thought you were and the you and you and you and you and you that you actually are, then that's cause for reincarnation to go at it again. If you don't, have to reincarnate here. There's a lot more going on in the cosmos that we can all get together again and be in that realm as well. The clothing is different. (laughs) But I hope the musical instruments are the same. (laughs) Take hold of your knees. And before you start Sufi Grind, let's go into a collective gratitude. Bless you for joining us. Visit Gurusingh.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more. All the classes can be found now on gurusing.teachable.com. There's going to be long form classes available there, 30 minute long yoga classes with Kriya. There's also what is called a Kundalini Recharge. It's a brief lecture about something like depression or gratitude or achievement or partnering or Success, and it'll be a lecture with a pranayama, breathing exercise, and a single asana that you can just jump into during the day. And then it'll round out with an affirmation or meditation. And these will be like eleven minutes. And then there are also going to be audio files, which are guided eleven-minute meditations, which you can listen to. And that's all within GuruSing.com. Satnam.